welcome to Bumped with Hayley and Rochelle. From IVF besties to pregnancy pals, this is a podcast all about the highs and lows of pregnancy and our steps towards motherhood. So grab a glass of bubbles or probably a cup of tea and join us as we bump along together. Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of Bumped with Hayley and Rochelle. We are delighted to be with you. Though we need to do a quick little update of where we're at in our pregnancies. Hello, Rochelle. Hi, what Hayley. is going on? Well, I had a busy week this week, so we I'll run through it all before. Um, yeah, we just keep yapping on. So <laughs> we are we're going to be so Efficient. timely and tight. <laughs> we say this every week. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so my week started off getting my hair done for the first time yes. since January. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, almost an entire year because of COVID. Of course. And I just don't get my hair done that often anyway. So I got my hair done. It doesn't – it's not like a massive change. It's just enough to put some highlights, some lowlights, and for it to, like, grow out without there being, like, a band or anything because I do yes. colour a bit lighter. Um, I'm blonde people haven't seen so it's just going to grow out nicely because who knows when I'm the next time I'm going to get my hair done with a newborn baby Mm -hmm. I don't know I might try to get like a toner in before she comes and kind of yeah good idea time it quite well but Mm -hmm. whenever she wants to come she can come but don't come before like I don't know is it 36 37 weeks yeah 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 Yeah. let's wait till then um so that was one day and then I got my pregnancy massage, which was yes! so lovely. They she asked, um, like obviously how um, firm I wanted it, and so I said like medium because you don't really know what you know every therapist's mm-hmm. kind of thing is. And so she was going on, and it felt really like nice and relaxing. And she asked, you know, do you want it? How's the pressure? And I'm like, oh, maybe a little bit more. And so. It was more, I would say, like a bit more remedial. Yeah, than great. Like, because I re- like my lower back is killing constantly, so she really worked on some of those knots and drew it into me that I probably need to keep doing my stretching and some more yoga because uh-huh. I keep forgetting that yoga's on Thursday with <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, you guys. We missed you a few times. <laughs> no, it gets to Friday. I'm like, oh no, yoga was last night. I need to put an alarm on my phone. I should remind you, sorry. <laughs> yes, Haley, can you please do that? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just I don't work. I'm sitting at home and Jed's finally on like a Monday to Friday oh, roster, awesome. which is amazing. And that's thrown me off because he hasn't had that in months. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what day of the week it is. Like, I don't know. Anyway, that was so lovely to have that massage. It was a nice big day for me. Um, what else did I do? Did you do both of those in one day? No. Oh my oh, god, my hair. I was going to say that five was like hours. pamper day. Oh, my hair took five hours, Haley. There oh was my no god. way I could do anything else. <laughs> I know. So much time for a pregnant woman to be sitting still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they kept like saying sorry and thanks for the patience, but I'm just at the end of it. She's like, I'm like just dry it and she's like 
I'll do the quickest like waves ever and then we'll do quick photos and get you out of here and she's like how do you know how they kind of like show you the back and yeah like how do you like it? I'm like yep it's fine like she's like you're, you're just like ready I to literally go. don't care anymore <laughs> like you could have like a black splotch and I'd be like yeah, whatever it's fine it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> it was it was a big day it really oh, was man. but it looks beautiful though I like it um it's just a bit more fresh mm-hmm. but you know how like I don't I don't know about you but before becoming pregnant or like soon after you see all these memes and stuff and people are very much more attentive to pregnant people once like yeah. you're noticeably a bit more pregnant and I'm not huge or anything but I got offered all the treat like all the snacks all the water I'm like yes I could get used to this that like people so have just I been have a not bit... been milking that my pregnancy yeah you need me too which like go get your hair done and they just like yeah. are you sure you're not hungry you want some snacks I'm like yeah I'll take a snack <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that's so nice and just like a day um or five hours to just totally yeah treat yourself I love it yeah the day that I got my massage I did go get um an ultrasound on my boobs yes um so a, a while ago I don't know if I actually spoke about it on here but my little Italian greyhound was laying on me mm-hmm. like because he likes to be up in your face and your neck and your boobs and kind of get snuggled in and he must have heard Jed open something in the kitchen and he just catapulted off of me from my boob and ever since then it's kind of been a bit, bit sore yeah but I couldn't tell if that was pregnancy or him doing something to like my implant uh-huh. so I've got an ultrasound on them I haven't heard back yet yeah which I'm sure I'll get an email from my surgeon this week sometime but I'm not worried just because they've both been a bit tender a bit sore the boob the nip like it's all Mm -hmm. a bit you know sensitive yeah pregnancy life (laughs) yeah you know it's so funny like I haven't spoken about this yet here but they have been a little leaky not Mm -hmm. heaps and not every day, but I went to go to bed because I have my big pregnancy pillow, which is a big U-shape, and I wanted to cuddle with Jed, so I removed it. And there's these little stains where my boobs are, where, like, they've, <laughs> they've, leaked, they've leaked onto the bed. I'm like, oh, okay, that's new. <laughs> so you might need nipple pads a little bit earlier than uh, delivery yeah. and labour. <laughs> well, I hopefully that's a good sign, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> just don't want to ruin all your tops before you've even had the baby. <laughs> That's true. They haven't leaked like during the day. Okay, yeah. They've, actually, no, they've done it once and I was still in my pyjamas at one o'clock, so whatever. It's all good. <laughs> and the last kind of little update I have is specifically today because we went and picked up like our pram and our uh, car seat and I made it a point to like go to the bathroom before we left. And as soon as we got there, which was only like maybe a 20-minute drive, I had like only like a little bit of water in the car and I was like, I need to pee. As soon as I stepped into that store, I'm like, how can I – like I can go hours at home, but like as soon as you leave the house, like your body's like, <laughs> you mm-hmm. need to go to the bathroom. Guess what? Oh, wait, no. You're outside and you need the bathroom. Oh, I don't know. That's yeah. another thing. I can't say sayings. I stuff up all my words. I spelt Christmas with – 
two S's at the end of it today. So I am totally on board with the loss of language skills. Mm, my thing. goodness. <laughs> um, have you put your pram, like are you going to put it together soon or are you just going to keep it in the box for a bit? Uh, we're going to keep it in the box just for a little bit. I really, really want to open it. Mm-hmm. But once we open it, there's no way we'll be able to pack it that small again. Oh, of course. Yes, for you moving. Yeah, because it's only going to be a couple months after she's born. Like I'll just put her in a carrier, I think. Yeah. And if we need it, we'll open it. But it's just like it's tight and it's in there. Yeah. And there's just no way we'll get it back out. Yeah. Um, I did forget yesterday was a big day for me because mm-hmm. I had – People over for a barbecue because we're allowed to have 10 people. Yay, that's awesome. And it was so good to have people over and see people. I was a bit, a little nervous because we do have two dogs and they haven't been around kids and babies for a while. I know yeah. they're really good and gentle. So there was a four-year-old, a one-year-old and a six-month-old. There was just a lot of names being yelled at. The dogs, the kids, like, (laughs) you know, telling them off because the four-year-old and the one-year-old are both boys and the four-year-old can't see what's your attention. Mm -hmm. He's super cute. He knows an obscene amount about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are the best. Like, I don't even know how to pronounce this word, but he does it. He was just telling me, he's telling me I'm wrong about some things and mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really cute and the one-year-old's obviously started walking and he just goes yeah and he's always finds the one thing he's not supposed to pick up so it's so funny and but I was really really proud of the dogs like not really knocking them over or like being too in your face mm. especially Barnaby being a bit bigger and heavier he's I think he's like 35 kilos so he's a bit strong mm-hmm so he did have to be kind of told to like calm down and wait, but it only took maybe 10 minutes for him to calm down and the kids were really good. You know, the older one, Teddy, you tell him to tell the dog, no, stop, yeah. like, go away. And Barnaby listened. Like my dog listened. I was like, oh, yes, trained that him well. That is so good. That's so good. Although the one-year-old, Luca, he's at the perfect, like the same like eye level as Barnaby. And as soon as he walked out the back, Barnaby walked up to him and licked him from chin to, like, forehead, just all the way up there. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. But the mum was fine. She's like, yeah. it's fine. He had chocolate on his face. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, so, <laughs> so that was a big day. I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. So I'm at my back sore because we are obviously cleaning before everyone came and trying to hold back the dogs, hold the dogs, like, play with the kids Jed is like just so excited after spending the day like playing with the kids yeah you know it's so fun because like the family comes over and it kind of gives mum like some breather time because Jed will just go look after the kids like oh my gosh where's Luca and Jed's like I got it and he like goes find him and plays and yeah I love seeing him with them yeah He's just like, I'm so excited. Can she just hurry up and get here? <laughs> that is it. so nice. I think, so nice. You know, Teddy, the four-year-old, went up to Jed and he was obviously playing with him all day and we have white rocks in the garden. And so he found some that looked kind of like a crystal. He's in that imagination phase and he's mm-hmm. like, look, I found some crystals. I'm like, oh, did you? Jed's like, 
they're from my garden, they're my crystals. Like, <laughs> and he's like, nah, but later in the day, he's like, he gave Jed a crystal and said, we can be best friends now. Oh, and you were like, yeah. if I wasn't pregnant before, my ovaries <laughs> would be exploding. Yeah. Jed was just like, <laughs> yeah, I think he just made his day, like this four-year-old telling him that he's his best friend. <laughs> That's At least really nice. in that moment he was. <laughs> But, yeah, I'm tired today, mm-hmm. need to pee constantly. You know, thank goodness the baby store and then later Bunnings had, like, toilets. Yeah. Because, oh, my goodness, like, I'm like I said, I'm fine when I'm home and I'll go to the bathroom and then I'll get wherever I need to go and it's, like, toilet time. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is because I have a 10-hour drive coming up and you drive – to and from the Riverland and Adelaide, Yeah, how the heck do you do it? Sometimes, like, I've always gone to the bathroom a lot because I drink a lot of water. Sometimes I'm totally fine. Like, I drove down to Adelaide maybe, like, four, five weeks ago perhaps, and I didn't need to stop once. And then today I needed to stop twice and then I needed to pee as soon as I got home and then probably again like 15 minutes later I I just have no idea I reckon it's like wherever the baby is so sometimes it's just like right there Mm. and I was at um we did a little bit of shopping yesterday and I went to the toilet like four times and we were only there for about two hours (laughs) um at work sometimes I'm fine and then sometimes I'm peeing all the time. Like I actually have to say, like, I'm sorry, kids, I need to go and pee like in the middle <laughs> of my classes. It's just so unpredictable. But, yeah, I think the safest thing is for pregnant women to just be near a toilet as often as possible. Yeah. But I do, you know, I do try and, you know, drink lots of water. So I just figure that's just just part of this pregnancy life, really. It's just one of the perks. Just hmm constantly knowing where the closest bathroom is <laughs> yeah exactly right um and how many weeks are you now yes I am this is 20 week 23 that's so exciting about yeah that's getting getting real yeah especially that people can kind of if I'm wearing a baggy top or a jumper people can't really tell yeah but when it's they can see the bump like they know mm-hmm. that I'm pregnant or at least you know they make a very good educated guess yeah. because you, if you were wrong, oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. How far along are you? And you're like, um, not pregnant. <laughs> no, but thankfully I am. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I, I reckon 20, 23, 24, 25 was when I sort of bumped out and it began feeling, it's like a kind of you level up, you know, like it's like you, you, once you're visibly pregnant, you kind of feel a bit more pregnant. People act, yeah, slightly different kind of around you. And it's really nice. I, I really enjoyed those sort of like mid 20 weeks. They were, yeah, they were really cool. Yeah. And then, you know, you're getting so much more movement. And if you're feeling relatively good, then it's nice and enjoyable, which is great. Yeah. I've, I'm actually really looking forward to, like going back to Adelaide for Christmas and yes. hopefully her kicks can be a bit stronger so yeah. like the family can feel. Yeah. So at the moment I can, I know when she's kicking and can feel it, but she doesn't, 
it doesn't last, yeah. you know, unless like we're sitting there at night and someone's like constantly has mm-hmm. their hand on my belly, which could be weird if it's like Jed's mum's hand was just on my stomach for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, you know, that would be a long time. But, yeah, I, I remember being really frustrated at that point because I was like, it's it's like happening. There's like stuff going on but people couldn't quite connect where now I'm like, yeah, there's just like soccer happening all the time. So if you're just around me for four minutes, you're probably going to get some sort of massive kick or something, which is happening right now. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> oh, please stay pregnant when I come over. I want to feel I know, it. I know. Well, that's um, I am 36 weeks now, so 36 and a half-ish. Um, I have one week of work left, which is Yay. really exciting. So um, I mean, all teachers have one week left because it's the end of the term but it's um it's really surreal knowing that I'm not going to be back there for a while um so I am needing this baby to stay in until Saturday (laughs) because I have shit to do and then it can come that's fine as soon like come Friday afternoon when the week is over I feel like I've been making peace these last few weeks because I was really stressed out a couple of weeks ago just about you know really wanting to do a good job of of my handover and putting things in the best possible place for people to Mm. you know to take on some of my roles and responsibilities next year but like I'm honestly trying my best there's only so much I can do and I've made peace with that and I I think I'll never feel ready so I might as well just kind of roll with it um, so yeah, the baby can come on Saturday if it wants. Um, and, but I don't, I think I'm going to make it to see you and then we can get like real life bumped pics together yeah, in the same place. I'm so excited to see you. I want to feel the bump. I want to mm-hmm. get pictures. I want to feel little bub kick. Oh yeah. And then you, you can have the baby and then I'll see the baby before we go back. <laughs> yeah, sure. No worries. We will, um, schedule that really nicely. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Just have like a pep talk yeah. with the baby and be like, we want to see Auntie Rochelle mm-hmm. um, and then you can come yeah. and then she can see us all before she goes back. Yeah, that would be really convenient and make a really good episode for our podcast. So. It would, yeah. So maybe <laughs> because we'll come up and see you before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you have that really cute outfit. Oh my gosh! And if then it comes before Christmas, it is going to be the cutest little elf <laughs> on Christmas Day. I can't wait. And then we can come back again after Christmas and yeah. get some little cuddle. Oh my god, Haley, that it has to happen. Okay, I know. Well, I mean, I've been so good at planning exactly what I want out of this pregnancy. <laughs> so I'm, I'll just ask, and it will happen. You know what? <laughs> baby will come when baby wants to come. It'll come. So, um, what else yeah. have you been doing this week? Oh man, we've been flat out. So, uh, false alarm with the vomiting thing, which I mm. thought was just going to be a new daily occurrence for me, but it was just last weekend. So, I'm really grateful that uh, it hasn't come back yet. <laughs> because, you know, it might still. Um, But I've been feeling pretty good, which is great because it's just it's the inconvenience of having to vomit every morning is like, you know, I've got stuff to do. I need to get to work. I've got, you know, outfits to stress over. And, um, you know, I like to just have my breakfast in peace rather than worrying about if I'm going to throw up or not. Um, So that's really nice that that actually was just like a quick little 
I don't know, weird weekend thing. Um, I also had a pregnancy massage, so we have been looking after our bods together this week. Uh, so I saw Ashton, who we had a great chat with um, recently at the massage studio, and it's, I guess it's my last pre-natal yo. Uh, I always say that, massage, because <laughs> I won't be down in Adelaide again before the baby. So that was kind of really... I don't know, there's all these like last things, which is um, an interesting kind of headspace to be in. Um, so we went down to Adelaide for a massage. Um, <laughs> that was the main reason. Uh, but we also got our little family car. So we are now uh, driving a very safe, very eco Camry hybrid. Um, Four so doors? Yes, four oh, whole doors. Thank whoa. goodness. Um, <laughs> so we were, we're, yeah, that that's really nice to kind of know that you know we can put the car seat and and just that stress of needing to upgrade our car and you know it's just one more kind of stressful thing that I just didn't even want to deal with. So that's really nice and it's beautiful to drive and it's um it's quite cute. And we also had Christmas um just dinner with both our families or separately because we're still um, with the 10 restrictions. Uh, so we saw Stuart's family on Friday night and then we had Christmas with my family on Saturday night. So that was really lovely because Christmas food is delicious. The best. Um, and spending time with my nephews, which is really great because they're growing up, um, you know, really quickly. And, and, again, it was kind of like, you know, hugging my brother and being like, okay, I'll see you when I have a baby. (laughs) Next Christmas is going to be so different. Oh, man, there's going to be kids going everywhere. So, um, yeah, it was really nice to spend some time with the family and and just like to feel kind of cute as well because I bought – I got a dress for my birthday a couple of months ago, but I bought that little – little sort of moo style dress which is actually super comfy and and looked quite cute so it's just nice when you sort of feel pretty and not just yeah. gross or constricted um in your outfits so that was nice um and I think I think my belly's dropped a bit so I'm kind of yeah my my shape it just feels like it's changing all the time but I I've had a few people comment on the fact that I look like I've kind of dropped down. Um, So that's, I guess, to be expected, you know, almost 37 weeks. And, yeah, just more and more movement. So heaps more consistent, heaps more prominent, heaps more kicking in the ribs, um, like more visible so I can kind of see like the little feet kind of like poking, (laughs) poking out but, you know, pushing up against my skin. So, pretty uncomfortable but I still feel you know I'm, I'm really happy and excited about the next couple of weeks so that's keeping me in really good spirits which is good um and I was so upset not to be able to eat like four serves of turkey over the weekend oh, but you know yes. that little tiny pregnancy stomach um and Kevin is getting like he was He's been really hit or miss with me this pregnancy and the last couple of weeks he just kind of hasn't wanted to cuddle or know me really. Um, And just the last couple of days he's been all about my belly. Like so he's 
kind of almost like getting into that protective mode where, it, you know, it must be, there must just be so much that they can sense or smell mm. or even feel because uh, he's been like very cuddly and he's kind of like snuggling into me a lot more, Aww. which is really sweet. Um, so he is... Um, yeah, so he's, he's, you know, on guard and ready, which is nice. Um, and just to remind you listeners that Kevin is my sausage dog, um, not my husband. Um, (laughs) and I guess the other thing, I feel like there's a little bit of a shift, maybe a bit of growth in terms of my, like, I've been excited about birth for like the whole time and I've really I'm really looking forward to what my body can do and to have this experience and I definitely have you know strong preferences around uh, a physiological birth and low intervention however I feel like I'm really really opening up to whatever it's going to be and so whilst I won't be electing for a cesarean or I won't necessarily be looking at um, at having intervention kind of early on, I feel like as long as I'm as empowered as I can be, as long as I'm given the opportunity to make decisions, um, you know, wherever possible, I feel really good about that. And I think it's just kind of... <sighs> breaking down some of those, well, if this happens, then I've failed, or if this happens, then it's gone wrong. I think I'm really opening up to whatever this experience is going to be. I I hope that I feel empowered throughout. And then whatever happens is just kind of what happens, which I think is putting me in a good spot because I am someone who, <laughs> when things don't go to plan, I kind of freak out a bit. So I just kind of feel like I'm working through some of those things, um, for the better. So I think that, I think that's really good. I'm kind of sitting excitedly and hopeful that I can have a really beautiful experience and see what happens. A few weeks love, to go. I, I love that mindset that you have. And I know like early on, I was kind of like freaking out, but hearing you talk about how birth is going to be so empowering, no matter what it is, I was like, yeah, Yes, it is, which, you know, I think it's just such a great mindset to go into. Like you have your preferences, but if something Mm -hmm. goes differently, Mm -hmm. then that's fine. That's just going to be what it's going to be to have both you and baby come out healthy. And I think if you prepare for it, you're not going to potentially not have such a traumatic birth Mm -hmm. or have that kind of uh, post-birth kind of trauma. Yeah. But you know, everyone has their own birth stories. And today we have a special guest who is a close friend of mine, Sophia Robertson. And she spoke about her two positive birth experiences, both similar, but very different. One of them didn't go exactly the way that she planned, but she has such a calming way of speaking about her pregnancy and her birth, should I say, her births. And she just has such a positive mindset around her experiences, which I think if you haven't given birth yet is such a really great thing to hear. Um, and, you know, if you haven't had a positive 
birth. Hayley, did you want to? Yeah, so I think that it's, um, and Sophia actually talks a little bit about this in the interview. Rochelle and I are being really intentional about the stories that we're listening to at this point because we haven't had our own experience. So we're really absorbing, you know, stories of, of empowered, um, you know, women who have felt you know, respected and looked after and cared for and, and effectively, you know, we're, we're both seeking out these stories of, of positive birth experiences to set us up, you know, in the right mindset. Um, it's I think it's really important to acknowledge that if you are listening and you did have, um, you know, or still do have some trauma associated with your birth experience, it might not be you know, and you'll know this um, if it isn't, uh, it might not be the right interview for you to listen to at this point um, because we're all, you know, we all process trauma differently and, and you may be on in a different sort of space with your um, with your memories um, and also with your healing. Um, so if this isn't the right interview for you at the time, so we will be speaking about a really positive birth um, or two birth experiences, then that's totally fine. We, um, we love and respect that. Uh, so just skip this episode and we'll be really excited to um, join with you again next week so um we are delighted to bring you sophia robertson uh speaking about her positive birth experiences yay she's talking about a hospital birth with midwives low intervention and then a water birth at home as well so keep listening today we are talking birth stories with someone just like you and me it is my pleasure to introduce my friend, Sophia Robertson. Hi, Soph. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, we're so excited. This is the first time we've had someone on talking about their actual birth. So mm-hmm. especially with Haley coming up really soon, to be <laughs> good to get some tips. So we always start off with obviously introducing you and letting you tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I'm 30. I'm a site engineer. I work in um, uh, major infrastructure construction type projects and I've got two little girls. Um, That's probably pretty much sums me up. I like gardening and I really like um, empowering women when they are getting ready to give birth. Yay. Uh, So do we. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so lovely to have you on. So thank you for agreeing to do this. I think that so often we, you know, we there might be a couple of people that we really open up to and share, you know, these amazing experiences with, but sometimes nobody, you know, really asks about our birth stories or some of these incredibly transformative or, you know, perhaps even traumatic or amazing experiences. So let's talk about your birth experiences. Uh, can you tell us about your first birth and I guess going back to how you actually prepared for the birth and then the experience itself? Yeah, absolutely. So I had two really positive births. Um, they weren't without complications, um, but they, to me, came out as really positive outcomes with no trauma or anything like that. And I do consider myself pretty lucky, but part of that was preparation. hmm um, the first thing I did was um, I joined a midwifery group practice. So I'd heard really good things through friends about when you're going through the public system, which was what we could afford at the time, um, that you would get continuity of care if you could get into midwifery group practice at the Women's and Children's Hospital in Adelaide. 
and that um, is for low to medium risk women who um, they have to be uh, within the catchment zone. So you'd have to go to Lyle Mac if you're in that zone or Flinders. They have equivalents and they have one midwife that sees you and her backup for your whole pregnancy unless something happens and they, you know, get rotated out or something. And then they are also the one, ideally, who is actually at your birth as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what you want um, when you are seeing someone pretty pretty large gaps between your appointments, especially in the early months. Um, you know, it's like 20 weeks and then nothing till 24 or 28. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really, I was a big fan of that and I was lucky enough to get into the program. Perfect. Amazing. And so once you were part of that program, <clears throat> excuse me, did they have um particular processes or courses or um support systems in place or were you seeking information and and I guess tools from other places as well um so they still only offered the same um you know antenatal courses that the hospital offers but I think it was the attitude of the midwives that was a bit different so part of MGP meant that you would be assigned to one of the rooms as long as you were complication free um, as if you went into labor naturally you would be assigned to one of the midwifery group practice rooms which are in the labor ward they're just a little further down the corridor they're a bit bigger and they've got a, a bath in them they mm. don't look very hospitally they've got a queen size bed in your own bathroom that you're not sharing give it a little lock and um, that attitude is well there isn't actually facilities for an epidural in there Um, You can have gas and air in there and they can bring in a drip. They can bring in a lot of different things. But as soon as you need something that would require sort of continuous monitoring, you'd be transferred. So that's why I mean by sort of a low risk kind of thing. If you did in your pregnancy develop um, things that make you high risk, you still stay in the program and you still have your midwife with you. So they don't kick you out or anything like that. You're still supported the whole way through. Um, and the way I think they encouraged me a little bit more to do things like prenatal yoga and mm-hmm. they have a lot of people in their group um, who do things like uh, hypnobirthing or yep. calm birth, that kind of thing. So my midwife was definitely a big fan of those things, um, but they were just very chilled. It was very laid back and they weren't looking for problems um, and it was easy to make a connection with them. So I did yeah. prena- prenatal yoga as well, which I can highly recommend. And I was listening to one of your podcasts um, about prenatal yoga. And I think that the person who taught me prenatal yoga was at Women's and Children and she's been a midwife for 20 years. So oh, it might no have been way. the same person. Oh, <laughs> who knows? Awesome. Yes. But she was phenomenal. Yeah. And so that was pretty much it in terms of classes that I did. But in that yoga class, they would lie us down and she would talk us through like a bit of a guided meditation about, you know, relaxing your body one step at a time and breathing slowly. And because we were doing that so consciously and we did it every single week, um, that kind of got in my head in a good way. And I got used to being able to manually relax myself. That is that is the key to labour, to getting through labour. Um, that The classes went really well until about, 39 weeks I got a really bad cold because of asthma I was coughing a lot even though I wasn't too sick and when you're coughing a lot and you're 39 weeks pregnant (laughs) and you're doing a yoga pose 
I peed myself in the class. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't go back after that, but I didn't oh, need to. I was at the end. <laughs> everyone, no one said anything, so I think everyone was in the same boat. Yeah, <laughs> definitely um, they were in the same boat, probably thinking that would have been me like 100% yep. if I had sneezed or coughed. Yep. <laughs> if so that's one another pro group tip. of women is going to be supportive of that happening, it is prenatal yoga. Everyone's like, dude, yeah. we are, yeah, we're on your team. <laughs> so I can highly recommend in those last few weeks of pregnancy, maybe giving yourself some double lining if you need, <laughs> especially if you get a cold. Anyway, um, I've read some books as well in the lead up. I read um, at that time, I think I read, there was a hypnobirthing book. It was like the main original one, not one of the newer ones. And it was mostly theory and it described it described um, a woman's ability to do it on her own and it gave people confidence. That was the idea of that. But it wasn't the practice behind it. And I didn't actually do any of the breathing techniques. I didn't listen to any of the soundtracks. And I did that in my next pregnancy, but I'll talk about that in a sec. Mm-hmm. I also read um, the book called Birth Skills by Juju Sinjin mm-hmm. and highly recommend that. I think that's a really uh, well-rounded introduction to empowering women, being realistic about all the scenarios that you might face because it's not good to shut yourself in a cupboard and not use the word pain because you'll get a big shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a good starting point. And that covers the physiological aspects of birth that you do need to understand to be able to get through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And were you able to, you know, were you really supported in terms of the choices that you were hoping to make through the birth experience of your first? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew I wasn't really interested in trying an epidural without a good reason to. I think they're a wonderful, wonderful tool. Um, but they have a more specific purpose than than I wanted to just fall into. Uh, I wanted to give myself the best chance I could. And for me, in terms of self-control, that's not having it in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, during labour, it never crossed my mind. I think mentally I tucked it away. Um, and that meant that I wanted to avoid the chance of any kind of cascade of intervention. Yeah. So you were mentally prepared for that natural physiological birth. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, And I went into it. I ended up being quite a bit overdue. Uh, So they put you down for an induction 10 days after your due date um, because they want you to have given birth before 42 weeks. Mm -hmm. I was really nervous about being induced Mm. because that's that's when you do get hit with a different labour than would happen on its own and you do need to turn to other things to be able to get through that. I thankfully went into labour at 41 and a day. Oh, good. (laughs) Well done. Yeah, I actually went to Harbour Town and I spent the whole whole day walking around shopping, leaning on counters, freaking out sales attendants while I breathed slowly to... (laughs) To get through it. I was obviously very early labor if I was walking around shopping, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it was one of the best things I could have done. Just I was happy. I was so excited to be in labor and not have to be induced. So I just had happy endorphins flowing through me. Mm-hmm. Went home that night and um, went to bed at about, well, probably a bit early, like nine, but I was awake by 10 and um, things were kicking up a notch. And I actually was quite surprised by 
how much, how uncomfortable I was, how much it did hurt quite quickly. And I thought, wow, this is really intense. And I tried to get in the bath, but we had a very little bath and I couldn't cover my bump. (laughs) So I'd highly recommend having a bath and a hot water tank that can cover your bump. (laughs) And my midwife, another part of midwifery group practice, she came out to my house um, to do a check. Yeah. So her shift ended at 7 a.m., but she came out at about 5 and told me, oh, you're three centimetres. You're doing really, really well. Just keep plodding on. You can go in if you want, but you're doing really well here. Um, by about 7 a.m., I absolutely cracked the shits at my husband. I said, you're taking me in. <laughs> I don't care if it's only been two hours. I don't care if I'm only four or five centimetres. And after a pretty quick hospital trip, um, got there at 7 and 7.30 and uh, couldn't even sit down in the wheelchair. She checked me. She's like, oh, darling, you're not going anywhere. You're nine centimetres. Oh, my gosh. So that's the next thing I want to point out. Sometimes, yes, you might not progress, even though I'd been in early labour and then labour for that entire day before. I then went from a three to a nine in two hours. Mm -hmm. It's not linear. It's not once one centimetre an hour. It's whatever your body's doing. Um, You know what? It might have even been the midwife saying, you're doing really well. That helped me release. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at that stage, I still didn't really feel like I was coping and I got to the hospital and I walked into the beautiful birth suite and the pool was right there and it was warm and I stripped and got straight into that blissful water and everything just melted away all the pain just felt like it didn't matter anymore and the tightenings were still coming but I found my peace and I I found that breathing that I'd been teaching myself the one where you think about the air going in and out rather than what's happening in your Mm -hmm. body, which meant that my body could just do what it was going to do anyway, regardless of whether I was freaking out or not. But I was just calm. I had, there's a few different types of breathing that you can do. um, And I'd really recommend looking into hypnobirthing breathing. And so one of them is called up breathing. One of them is called down breathing. And they offer the two stages of labor, the earlier stage, which is before pushing all the way up to pushing and then down breathing is for during pushing. And so up breathing is that calming one where you, you breathe in for four and then you breathe out for eight or three and six if you're having a bit of trouble slowing it down that much. And I literally just stared at this picture on the wall of these flowers and I'll never forget what these, these horrible hospital flowers looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Those hospital flowers got me through. By 10 a.m., midwife thought, oh, do you want me to check you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, because I've been falling asleep between contractions. And she's like, oh, you're a 10. Do you feel like you need to push? And I said, well, not at all. (laughs) Um, There was a reason for that. I found out later. But at that stage, she's like, well, I can break your waters and see if that moves things along. And it did. I ended up getting out of the bed because I couldn't get a grip in the bath and I wanted to get a grip. So I got a grip and pushed on the bed. I pushed for two hours and they weren't worried about that at all because it was moving just slowly. Um, on my side, which was nice. And she was born. She came out sunny side up. (laughs) They didn't know it until they saw a little face with her hand against her head. I pushed out a posterior baby with no pain relief, with minor graze, not even anything I could feel. And um, she came out. She was absolutely fine. I was absolutely fine. But that's one of the reasons that I didn't have the urge to push because she was posterior. So it was the forehead part pressing down, which has a different circumference to the back of her head, Mm -hmm. which is that nice 10 centimetre circle, (laughs) which 
teaches your cervix to open up when it needs to and to want to push and to, you know, activate all the, the poo-pushing muscles that you need to use. But it went really, really well. And I felt really well supported that whole time. Um, midwife just, she suggested things, didn't question what I wanted, mm-hmm. but made suggestions when I said, well, I'm not really sure, which is exactly what you need, I think. Yeah. And of course, I wanted someone there that was medical based to be able to watch for anything. And actually the only person who freaked out the whole time was a student midwife because it was the first birth she'd been Aww. to. And my husband didn't panic and we had a little baby girl in our arms and I was so well recovered. I was at the markets a couple of days later having a coffee. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully with, with that daughter, she, um, she actually breastfed really easily. I can't complain. I had a really, really easy time. Really easy birth, really easy time. But the next one actually went even better. Yeah, you're definitely going to be like on speed dial every time I have a question. Like, <laughs> like I'm in labor, I'm calling Soph. I have like starting breastfeeding. Like, can you come over? <laughs> You'll be the one to call for sure. Yeah, if I wasn't an engineer, I actually looked into doula courses. I would love to be a doula yeah. and be there for women. That's something awesome. else. I've never had a doula, but people rave about it. Mm-hmm. If you want that extra woman support, they are amazing. They are really yeah. wonderful. They're not Actually, medical. They're just for you. Yeah, I follow a couple on Instagram and I've learned quite a lot just through, I guess, their stories and their Instagram and their highlights. So if I could afford a doula, definitely would yeah, have gotten one. <laughs> so, there are some out there who do it for free. You might be surprised. Ooh, I'll have to look into that. <laughs> so we've spoken about your first beautiful little girl. How did your second one differ to your first and did you prepare any differently with the second? The second time around, I didn't do any prenatal yoga. I had a toddler to chase and it just wasn't going to happen. But some people can make it happen, so don't take my word for that. Um, I decided I really wanted to know how to be in control from the start this time instead of feeling out of control the first time, like I had at the start of the first time, sorry. So I did look into hypnobirthing a bit more. The only thing I did, I didn't do a course. Apparently they're amazing. Um, but again, money made that not an option at the time. So I listened to these beautiful soundtracks. They're maybe half an hour long, 50 minutes long. You might not even get all the way through it before you fall asleep. Yeah. But they're, they're beautiful soundtracks. And it's someone guiding you through relaxing your body from head to toe, just like that yoga instructor had. And it meant that I got so good at that, doing that just like once a week, twice a week, that I could do it almost on command, just relax your whole body from top to bottom, no matter what's happening in it. And it gets you through pain. Um, I also knew what, it, what to expect second time around. Yeah. I knew I could do it. That was a big one. And I hadn't actually spoken to anyone who had talked about labour in a positive way before that, except myself up to that point. Yeah. I think people who have positive labours are often almost encouraged to focus on what was complicated because if mm. you if you don't, it's like tall poppy syndrome, if you don't focus on what the complication was, it's almost like you're bragging. But we need to celebrate when there's a labour that goes really smoothly for mum because then you can focus on what worked well for her and take mm-hmm. away that for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this time, the second time round, I did that little practice every single week um, and I got to 39 weeks. I actually didn't get to 41 
and I had something, a little moment that I've heard other people talk about informally. I call it like a transition of pregnancy. So you probably, if you've done a bit of research into labour, you'll know that by about seven, eight, nine centimetres, you're in transition Mm -hmm. and you're transitioning between just labouring to pushing and you start to doubt yourself in that moment. So if you get to labour and you're going all the way through and you say, I can't do this anymore, I I want out, that means you're right at the end. I had the same thing in pregnancy. Transition of pregnancy for me was on the phone to my mum at 39 weeks. I just burst into tears and said, mum, I'm so done. I can't go to 41 weeks again. I can't do this. And it was like a release. Mm -hmm. And then within the hour, labour started. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I drove around that day and was really excited again because I felt really positive about it. I wasn't scared. There wasn't fear that was tightening my body up that was making me tense up is when you have fear it diverts blood flow away from where it needs to be it diverts it to your arms and legs so you're ready to run um, and it needs to be in your uterus where your uterus is working real hard yeah. and um, we drove around that day went out to dinner that night with some other uni friends <laughs> and um, freaked them all out they're looking at me as I'm sitting there just going just just a minute just one minute and then a minute later I'd just be absolutely fine uh-huh. and had a they just thought I was going to give birth at the table, I think. <laughs> I understand there's still quite a way to go. We went home from that. I managed to get about five hours sleep, just sort of laboring gently. By, I think, I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget. I think until about 2 or 3 a.m. Um, and then I woke up and I decided to just be with myself um, and my baby because it was the last time that we'd be alone together. Mm-hmm. As soon as we woke my husband up, it would be, him fussing and then getting midwives and things like that um so I spent another couple of hours just getting through it because it was not uncomfortable at that stage by 5 a.m I woke my husband up and he's like I think we should probably call the midwives and I'm like oh I'm not sure all right we'll call them and I called them and they're like darling what do you want us to do do you want us to come out and check you what do you want to do I'm like oh yeah okay I guess and that was at like 5 30 um and I should also add at this Point that I was having a home birth this time around. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Through the same program again. Yeah. So the Women's and Children's Hospital offers home births to women who meet, like it's pretty strict criteria mm-hmm. in terms of low risk profiles and living close enough. That's a really big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I qualified and it just seemed like I wasn't doing it because I was scared of hospitals. I wasn't doing it because I was scared of intervention. I just thought, oh yeah, that sounds really lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a good candidate. I'll free up a hospital bed. This will work really well. Anyway, so I called my midwife at about 5.30. She came out and again, she said, oh, darling, I'm not going anywhere. You're already five centimetres. I didn't even feel like I was in serious labour at that point. I thought I probably had another day to go. We filled up a birth pool in our living room mm-hmm. and um, called my mum, my sister, to come and watch our firstborn. Oh. Um, I got in and she was born, my second daughter was born at seven just after seven so again really really quick once my body had had that chance to progress for many many hours in the day before yeah but just slow and steady the the second birth was incredible um being in the water for the actual birth was a big pain relief um I was able to be leaning over the side of the birth pool and I was able to lean down and feel her head as it was coming out and my waters hadn't broken so I could feel this balloon, this smooth <gasps> balloon with a head wow. behind it. Um, and that burst as she was crowning. <laughs> that was a really interesting feeling. 
um, a flood of warm water and then I could feel her head and I had hair and I didn't know it was a girl at that stage. That's a good incentive to push. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I just I let my body bear down. That was a really big one. I hadn't had that feeling at all the first time. Mm-hmm. Even though I got through it in the end pretty easily, two hours of pushing is never easy, but, you know, pretty well. This time round, it was me just moaning in the pool until I heard, I saw the midwife sitting next to me actually in the corner of my eye. Sorry to jump back. They were sitting doing paperwork, just ready, waiting for me <laughs> to be ready. And I heard my moan change and it changed from the ooh to a ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And I saw them both freeze and look at each other. And they'd heard that change and they'd heard that sound so many times. It's that grunt, something starting to push on its own. It's not something I would have consciously ever chosen to do. No one makes that sound on purpose. Um, but, yeah, my body had started bearing down on its own. And so I did assist that a little bit, but I didn't need to do it too much. I just didn't hold back. That's mm-hmm. the big one. It was bearing down on its own. I was kneeling, so I had gravity on my side, although in the pool you're pretty lightweight. And then, as I said, I guided her out with my hand. Midwife's hands were in the water. They had a torch. She was ready, but she didn't need to do anything. She was just watching to see. And I was pretty focused because – it had only been a short amount of time. I wasn't fatigued. I hadn't had to have any medication. So I was very, very aware and I felt my baby come out. And I, as I, she came out, I grabbed her and I lifted her straight up onto my own chest and I leaned back and I birthed my own child and I was holding her in my hands. And there's no feeling like it. It was just, it, you're on an adrenaline high for about the next week after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it sounds like through both births, you're very physically and mentally ready to kind of let your body do its thing without, I guess, pushing it to go faster than it needs to go. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Hypnobirthing talks a lot about you see mammals give birth. They don't panic when it's happening, even if it's dragging on, they they just get through it. Mm -hmm. And we're not just simple animals, but there's an element of our bodies are very similar. Um, and if they can do it, surely we can too. Our bodies do know what they're doing. Have you always had growing up or, you know, certainly, you know, as a woman, have you always had these really positive thoughts towards towards birthing or were there some fears or some kind of unpacking that you needed to do in order to really embrace this feeling of you know of calm and I'm ready and I can do this and this is what I'm made for um I had a pretty good example with my mum she was induced with both her her labors um and had epidurals but she always spoke so positively about it like she just was really happy with how everything went and that was such a good example it meant that I wasn't really scared of those interventions just was something that you know don't volunteer for um but she she praised it really well and she was a big support of whatever I chose so she was probably a big example for me to you support women in what they choose is Mm -hmm. best for them no matter what it is and that what I described just then with my labors that was what was what I wanted for me but when your friends come to you and they say I feel really frightened about this my doctor has recommended xyz steps or I have you know this scale of gestational diabetes, I'm probably going to be induced at this state. You don't say, oh, maybe you should get a different doctor. Are you sure? You go, 
that sounds really good. Let me know when you want your kids looked after. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yeah. women supporting women. I think Haley and I was talking about it in a previous podcast about once you fall pregnant, there's a lot of fear-mongering, mm. like yeah. maybe unintentional about, you know, are oh, you scared of the pain or wait for this and rather than putting a positive spin on it. So I love that you're very positive and how you talk about your experiences and supporting women as well and I'm super glad that you're my friend <laughs> <laughs> on speed dial. yeah <laughs> so I guess um it sounds like you know spiritually you have you know the way that you're talking about things and and using breath and you know some reading and some hypnobirthing resources sounds like you were really well prepared um, and I guess very um, led by your instincts and and sort of that that very kind of natural experience. Did you have a birth plan, or did you have a set of preferences, or was it just I'm gonna I'm gonna take every moment as it comes and and see what happens? Oh, definitely take every moment as it comes. You know, you that was important as well. It was always a hoping and praying that nothing would change and I would keep being eligible for the midwifery group practice centre or the home birth. Um, but there's always got to be that openness to mm-hmm. something changing. Yeah. Especially things do crop up at short notice. And even with something like, um, I keep saying hypnobirthing, there's lots of different other techniques out there. One of these, te- all these techniques, they're not focused solely on a natural physiological birth. They're about getting mum through whatever mm-hmm. happens because the idea is yes it's freaking intense otherwise you wouldn't need hypnobirthing in the first place there's no point in pretending calling it only calling it surges like it's a gentle wave that isn't squeezing <laughs> your abdomen <laughs> if you want to call it pain call it pain just say yeah it was pain and I got through it mm-hmm. awesome did you have because I know that my hospital here in Melbourne likes you to bring in a printed copy of a birth plan or birth yeah. preferences so they're not kind of bombarding you with a bunch of questions they yeah, can sorry. pre-read it so did you have that with your first um I did I think the hospital actually wrote it my memory's a bit sketchy because it was seven years ago yeah right <laughs> or six and a half and um, but she my midwife she came in with a piece of paper one day to one of our appointments and yeah. went through and basically wrote down the basics. I'd made a lot of those choices by being in that program to start mm-hmm. with, I think, mm-hmm. um, but that was part of it. So not to be offered an ep- epidural if I didn't want one, mm, just to be offered, you know, whatever was appropriate, starting with the lightest, um, that I wasn't really interested in being induced unless there was a, a medical reason to. Uh, and with the second baby as well, um, part of my birth plan was to be eligible for a home birth, you have to be less than 42 weeks pregnant, but you can birth up to 42 weeks. But the hospital policy also books you in for an induction at 41 plus three or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a bit of a, a mix-up and went in. They said, oh, if you want to birth until 42 weeks, you can. You just have to get a doctor's okay. And mm-hmm. so they gave me a wonderful doctor. I can highly recommend Anthea Rallis. She's an obstetrician, Adelaide. She consults at women's and kids, but she's also a private obstetrician. And she just looked at my profile and was like, yep, you look really healthy. Um, this was the two days before I went into labor, by the way. I was already <laughs> having early contractions. Um, and uh, she just went, yep, you can go till 43 if you want, birth at home till 42, um, as long as you come in for monitoring every day. So we can mm-hmm. check bubs, 
And I said, that sounds perfect because I don't ever want to take your risk, but I just didn't like that the policies didn't line up. Yeah. <laughs> but that was pretty much it for my birth plan, you know, the the basics that the the practice was already centred around, which was um, delayed cord clamping, um, skin to skin, that I was intending to breastfeed. That's important to tell them if you are. Yeah. Um, although they'll probably encourage it no matter where you are at this point. Most areas are very encouraging breast milk but it does help to say that if there are complications that you will bring in your own express colostrum if that's important to you so that baby can be fed those if you're not available yeah I was going to ask if you had skin to skin straight away because there seems to be at least from what I have seen in my I guess social circle that those who get skin to skin straight away that had uh, less intervention were able to breastfeed longer than those who had more interventions and were kind of didn't have that initial skin to skin or they had an epidural or a c-section yeah I, I completely have heard the exact same thing yeah. um, there are people out there who know a lot more about this than I do but I'm pretty sure there are some pretty strong connections between um, going through the normal hormonal changes in a labour and birth and then your body moving on to produce the next set of hormones, which is for your milk supply and your recovery. Um, I did have skin, skin straight away. Obviously, with the second, I pulled her out myself, put her on my chest, and then with the first, yeah, they pulled her up onto my stomach because the cord was a bit short. <laughs> but it's still skin to skin, and her face was right next to my nipple, so she was quite happy, mm-hmm. um, and she actually latched within the hour. perfect she was keen (laughs) it definitely sounds like things you know progress really beautifully and you speak about your birth experiences with such positivity which is such a blessing and also you know how it hopefully is for the majority of women but I but I do think it is um you know important to acknowledge you know how kind of lucky we are when things go well when we can you know really lean into and have the experience that we wanted is there anything even a tiny thing that you wish went a little differently or would do differently or you know even though it sounds beautiful but you know sometimes we we fixate on little things that we're like oh I wish I didn't wear that t-shirt or you know whatever (laughs) or something that even hubby had done for you oh yeah good one yeah Mm. all right he really caught me out with this one yeah I didn't give you this question earlier (laughs) (laughs) I reckon I fixed not fixed I've made a lot of changes to my birth plan the second time around based Mm -hmm. on the first um which did include spending more time labouring at home, obviously with eventually birthing at home. But that's that's a really, really big one um, is that I stayed at home for as long as possible before even calling the midwives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, I reckon after the second one, what I would probably do again with the birth pool, I would organise a, um, a small pump to get the water out after because I didn't ah. have to deal with it, but the water was a bit murky and you still have to get oh, that out of your living room. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. think of that. I just, I, I would have just assumed that a pump would come with it. Nobody ever talks about that. That's amazing. Thank it's you. That, or um, a siphon um, with a hose and hopefully filling the hose with water beforehand so you don't uh-huh. have to draw it out yourself. Wow. Although, um, you know, some people 
you know, plant the placenta or, you know, there's a lot of nutrients. So maybe it's amazing for the garden. So you just kind of drag it out and then dump it on the lawn. We did have a good veggie crop that year. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, having said that, the placenta, I wish I'd had my act together and organised like a tree to put the placenta under because in the end we chucked it in the compost heap because we didn't know what else to do with it. We buried Uh it. We buried it properly but so that, you know, attract anything (laughs) I'd wish I wish I'd had a tree and um, I've got a friend who's done that for all three of her children she's planted a potted tree um, because she was in a rental at the time it was just a big pot and she made it work citrus and the citrus has done so well oh that's a good idea yeah she had three cesareans and she it was still really important to her to give breastfeeding go and keeping that placenta and you know she took the situation outside of her control and made it into something still beautiful. That yeah. is really lovely. And it's so important that even when things don't go the way that you envision, that you still advocate for those little things that can happen to like, even if you have a cesarean, you can still advocate for a skin to skin or, you know, bringing home the placenta or little things like that, that can make it a little bit more special, even when things don't go right. Yeah. And they help you form that connection with your yeah. baby. It's not instant. So you need to give yourself as many opportunities as possible. Yeah, that's a really good Those point because I, I have had um, a few chats with some women online and they were quite shocked that they didn't have that instant connection as soon as that baby was put on their chest because that's what everyone says happens, that's this mm. amazing connection, but sometimes it doesn't and that's that's okay, That that's normal. No, they're just a stranger that came out of your tummy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cool and you think that they're, you're like, you look at them, this was my experience anyway, you look at them and you go, oh, my God, you look like me and you look like him and it's this really cool mix and, like, it's nice to meet you. And you just go from there um, and don't expect yourself to be instantly in love. You can be extremely protective without being infatuated and it will come. It will come. Um, it's something to keep an eye on as well because um, sometimes the baby blues when they last a bit longer, that can be one of the things where a mum feels like, oh, she's scared, she's not bonding with her baby. So if that is happening to you, or you see it happening to someone you know, especially many weeks after, that's when you can probably start looking for a little bit more advice, professional advice about mm-hmm. maybe baby blues are affecting you a bit much. Well, I love the way that you speak about it. It's so calming. Um, and before we start going into that realm of our podcast hitting over an hour again, last <laughs> little bit of um, last question. Um, if there was any advice you would give women about the birth experience, what would that be? I've got a few things. I'll be quick. Yeah. As I said before, reading about it so you know what changes are happening to your body. Then going into something like the calm birth or the hypnobirth so that you know how you can not control but manage yourself through those changes as well. Um, Learn about up breathing, down breathing. Learn about the different sets of muscles in the uterus and the different pushing sensations that you're getting. Um, Oh, I would give yourself um, affirmations. There's a lot of cheesy ones out there, but find some that work for you. Say them again and again and again, not necessarily during labour, but in the lead up to it, it's true. It makes a difference. Um, I would also want people to know that, as I said, labour is not linear. There are lots of variations to it in all its forms of with intervention, without intervention, um, and just go with the flow with that. The last thing trust your gut um 
find a provider that's really good that sits right with you. Mm-hmm. You can shop around until you find that right person. You might find them straight away. You might not. But the most important thing is to trust your gut all the way through it. If your gut is saying, you know what, baby's not really been moving heaps. I know they moved a little. My doctor said, well, it's probably fine. If your gut says get checked out, go get checked out. So always trust your gut first. Your baby is is your baby. Only you can feel what's actually happening. Amazing. Did you have anything that you wanted hubby to say during labor or not say? Because I have a few things written down that I would like Jed to remind me during labor, like keep your jaw soft and stuff like that to help relax and remind me. Was there something that you had told him to say, or did you just say, just shut up and let me do my thing? (laughs) I definitely told him to shut up a few times, (laughs) especially in the first one. I told him to F off at least once. <laughs> I told him we were never having more children at least once. <laughs> um, but oh, he, I must admit, um, hubby was pretty good. Uh, he knew that the right thing to say was, you're doing this, you're doing great, mm-hmm. just keep going. Awesome. Um, yeah, so teaching them to just have your back, literally. Oh, and to squeeze your hips. It feels really nice when you're having a contraction. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. So I know I have learned a lot from you already and I haven't even gotten to the third trimester. So I'll definitely be having you on speed dial just to, just to talk to me calmly during labor. I think <laughs> maybe I can be your first doula experience. <laughs> You're going to need me. You're going to do so well. You're going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so, so much. And I know that a lot of women listening today will probably say the same thing. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I loved just hearing Soph talk. She's just she's so calming to me. And I loved hearing her birth stories, especially because I hadn't really heard them in detail and haven't heard the second one. So that was a really... I guess, great experience for me listening to two different yeah. births as well. And she's just so positive. I think after the interview ended, we spoke for like two hours later. Oh, and I was like, so nice. okay, so <laughs> I got to go to eat and then I got to go to bed. Mm-hmm. I would I would listen to her on like a meditation tape or something yes. like that. She's just got such a beautiful voice. Um, the the book that she actually spoke about um, was Juju Sundin's Birth Skills. So that comes highly recommended. I've actually got a copy on my nightstand at the moment. Uh, so if you are interested in checking that out, a fantastic resource um, and Sophia's recommendation for this week. We love um, hearing from you. So please get in contact or please take just a couple of minutes to rate and review us because it's a really lovely way of getting our podcast to more women who may connect positively with our stories and especially the interviews that we're bringing you. And you can find us on Instagram at bumped podcast. Or send us an email at bumped podcast dot com wait <laughs> bumped podcast at gmail.com <laughs> that'll do <laughs> we will chat to you next week and uh, a very special guest next week actually so uh, i'm so excited stay tuned. okay bye